Thanks for joining us for this Linder Farm Network Field Talk podcast. With the midterm elections in the rearview mirror, most races have been decided, but some House and Senate seats are still being determined. Nonetheless, there's ample analysis taking place on what the election results will mean, especially for agriculture. Former Congressman Colin Peterson joined Lynn Kettleson to give his insights. We have a guest with us on the Linder Farm Network. Former Chairman of the House Ag Committee, Colin Peterson. And Colin, let's kind of get your thoughts post-election here on impact on agriculture. I know you've worked many, many years on Farm Bill. What's your thoughts on the direction that we may or may not be heading? Early to tell. Uh, you know, we have to kind of wait till we see what happens in the Senate. It looks like it's going to go Democratic, you know, if I had to guess right now. So you're going to be in the same, somewhat same situation we were in the 18 bill, you know, where we had a Republican House and a Democratic Senate. Uh, no, no, it was both. I guess it was Republican Senate and Republican House in 18. We've been through that before. But anyway, um, the, the margin in the House is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. You know, I was expecting it was going to be 25 seats at a minimum. Uh, but it looks like it, you know, it's going to get down to the wire. They may not have the majority by very much at all. There are some people saying that the Democrats could, could actually pull it out. I don't think that's the case. But in any event, you know, you're going to have very close margins in both the House and the Senate. So what that means is they're going to have to sit down and figure out how they can work together if they're going to get a farm bill done. And uh, I, they don't, at this point, doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. But I've been, rec- you know, advising them that I think this is the, the right um, path for them to go to get this bill done. If they could, you know, I think the fact that you have a closer majority could actually help get the farm bill done because you could kind of say to the kind of radical extremists that look, you know, uh, uh, we can't be going off on these tangents if we're going to make anything happen here. So how they're going to approach it, I'm not sure. But V.T. Thompson, who will be the chairman if the Republicans take over, is a decent guy. You know, I went to his district twice to help him uh, back when I was chairman. I went to his ag fair in Pennsylvania. Uh, but he's getting pushed by the folks who want to take on food stamps. And uh, I'm not sure if he can uh, tamp that down or not, but if if he can't, that'll be kind of the end of the farm bill because whatever they do on food stamps, if the Democrats don't support it, Biden will veto it, and there's not going to be enough votes to override the veto. So my advice to to him and uh, both sides is that they settle the food stamp stuff at the beginning. Or they settle something where both sides can agree to whatever it is, and then they can move on to doing the conservation and crop insurance and Title I and rural development and all the rest of it. Do you expect a lot of climate change provisions tied to portions of the farm bill, or do you think they can keep crop insurance and other provisions intact? Yeah. Well, that's another question. Uh, You know, obviously the Republicans— if they control the House, are not going to want to do that. Uh, they don't. Uh, they don't like a lot of what's being proposed. Uh, 
there's talk that they're going to use a bunch of their time to investigate the the Vilsack uh, administration over the USDA on this on the stuff that they've done with these climate smart commodity pilot programs and so forth. There's hope people on the Republican side that think uh, that he's overstepped his bounds uh, with uh, the CCC, and they're talking about investigating that. But you have on the House side the Democrats that are left in the committee. They lost six members on the House Democrat side. Uh, the, the ones that are left are the ones that want something with uh, climate change. And so that's going to be another issue. So the two things that the Democrats are going to want out of this farm bill are climate change provisions and food stamps being left intact the way they are. Uh, how they get by this, that's the question. You know, Now, the Senate, I think, will also, if it goes Democrat, they will also take that position that uh, uh, that you know, their the food stamps and the, and the uh, climate change stuff is important. But Stabenow has also always been, you know, a strong supporter of farm programs. You know, she's, you know, got sugar, she's got dairy, she's got uh, a lot of uh, traditional agriculture in the st- in uh, Michigan, and she's always stood up for them. So, uh, so she'll be pushing that, uh, you know, uh, in the. In the, in the House, I don't think you're going to have Democrats that are going to be lining up with her. So, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, so I was on this call a couple of days ago and I took that, I agreed to do it because I thought we would know what was going on and we don't and we still don't. Uh, so until the Senate gets settled and uh, the House is firmly settled, you know, we really don't know where this thing is going and then it's going to depend on how the leaders and both parties decide to approach these, the issue. So would the best option be simply to extend what's there, or do you think that's an option? That, that might be the case. Uh, that might be where we end up. Uh, you know, there's people that want to push, as you said earlier, tying this uh, climate change stuff to crop insurance. That would be a disaster. That would be the worst thing that could happen. So if we've got if it's something like that, that that you know that would be the outcome, I would say then we'd be much better off to just extend the current law than go down that path. Because I think if you start doing that with crop insurance, you're going to undermine the, the program. Uh, you know, it's one thing to take CCC money and and start uh, these pilot projects, which is not a bad idea actually to try to figure out what works and what doesn't. But I think they are stretching, you know, the um, authorization there. And, and one of the reasons they're doing that is because President Trump used this, you know, for his market facilitation payments and all these other payments that he made out of the CCC. So I think the Democrats learned a lesson from that. That way he can do it, then I, we can do it with what we want to do. So, so it just kind of depends on how this plays out. But it could, it could be at the end of the day that... Uh, that that the best option would be to extend the current law, you know, and um, we won't know that until summertime. Do you have any concerns on uh, ethanol with um, a Democratic governor and legislature in Minnesota with the California rules, or do you think they'll get that all figured out? Well, I mean, 
uh, we have a lot of folks in the ethanol industry that are actually moving towards um, trying to comply with the California standards because they see a market there. Uh, California doesn't uh, produce any ethanol, uh, so you know you have you have we have people in Minnesota that are moving in that direction because they want to tap into that market. So I'm not sure that does anything that undermines ethanol particularly. Uh, I'm just not sure it's the the long-term solution uh, to maintaining a market that we can count on. You know, I still think the RFS is the best solution. Uh, you know, and if they would just follow what they agreed to, and that is have 15% of the market, uh, the fuel, uh, fuel market, go to ethanol, uh, that would be that would work. And frankly, what they should do is they should raise that to thirty percent, you know, and then we'd have a we'd have a decent market, and uh, you know, we got some other issues with that. We'd have to change the pumps and so forth and so on. But Brazil did this twenty years ago, and they've been doing thirty percent. Uh, blend in their gas in their uh, fuel in Brazil for the last 20 years, and uh, that's really what we need to do here. If you want to have a solid, maintained market in ethanol, but you know, there's some people that question the uh, Minnesota uh, doing what they're doing, but um, you know, it's not going to it's not going to necessarily do the industry in. It's just a question of whether that's the right strategy or not. Thanks for listening. Check out other Field Talk podcasts on Apple and Spotify, as well as the linderfarmnetwork.com website. And get daily farm news and market information from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture.